0: For listening to season three of the Creative Sober podcast. I am your host and sober creative, Missing May. Our episodes are a collection of interviews with sober creatives who inspire and continue to create sober. I find myself growing from these conversations as I deepen my understanding of living an alcohol free life. In this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with DJ and radio personality Huggy. He recently celebrated one year of being clean and sober. He candidly takes us through his journey through addiction in his professional and personal life, his draw to party life and cocaine, to deciding to go to rehab only to find out that didn't work for him. Regardless of the trials and tribulations in the past year, Huggy has stayed clean and rediscovered more of who he is as just Dan and finding the power in his talent of voice to recover out loud. Here's my conversation with Huggy. Hey Huggy, welcome to the show. Thank um,
1: you very much. Very I have been following you. your your creative endeavors for quite some time since I started getting sober, actually. So thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, um, creative Server is a little over a year old, and you came up in a tag from a mutual friend, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Cool, this like I know this, du- I know of this dude," mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> and I was. So- <laughs>
1: Everybody, some people say that they're like, I know of you, but that there's, there's a few different ways you could say that. Cause like,
0: right. you know. yeah, yes. <laughs> and um, I was just really stoked to hear and see that you were really open and vulnerable about this journey that you're on. Yeah. And from the background, which we'll get into that mm-hmm. you have, it takes a lot of courage and bravery now that you are a year sober. we just Mm -hmm. had a birthday. Um, Let's talk about all that before I go Um, into it.
1: Yeah. So about a year ago, November 20th, um, I went to rehab and that was my first sober day. And the rest is kind of history. And it's it's been a very, very surreal experience as far as I've talked to my therapist about this and where my brain started from day one Mm -hmm. till now. People kind of don't really realize that. When you are a cocaine addict, that that was my drug of choice that you're basically it shuts down all of your senses except for your fight or flight senses and it has been a crazy journey and um, I'm glad I have my people in, in my corner to have gotten me through this year and I'm glad they're still there so I can continue to be sober moving forward but yeah.
0: Ah, uh, congratulations.
1: Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah. And I wanted to do this after, like we, we've we talked about it before coming on, but I was like, let me wait till my one year. <laughs> you know, so yeah. at least I have more experience. And like, I think like it's important to discuss what you have gone through so other people can learn because yeah. yep. our each experience is going to be different, but you always learn a little bit and you always see a person like that you relate to, you know, has already done it. For me, um, I'm a big pop punk guy. And Burt McCracken from The Used has always been like an idol of mine. And I know know he was a heroin addict and he had succumbed. and his band is still there and he's still writing this beautiful, beautiful poetry. And then I saw like Russell Brand, you know, Russell Brand is an an outlandish character in the entertainment world. And the way he talks about, him being sober for so long if these crazy people can do it (laughs) that i look up to i can do it you know that those almost push me more forward than anything and i don't know if if people do relate to me or if they don't um but at least they see somebody that's that's a, a a friend or um someone that was in the dj scene that you know because i know a lot of people were looking for that extra push yeah you know I mean? yeah
0: well i mean the, those who are listening can you can you give them some background on what you do in the yeah so the entertainment um,
1: i uh i started first and foremost i'm a radio personality i was doing radio in um in portland i started in las vegas went to boise Portland, Seattle, and now I'm back in Boise. So, um, I'm not doing radio currently, but that was my my main job. I went by Huggy and uh, I did that for about 10 years. Taking a little break right now, and that's totally fine. I, that's
0: a long time. That's, yeah, a, good it was, that's a, good a good run. That's a
1: good run. We'll we'll touch back on that because I'm just now kind of realizing like why i hated radio (laughs) you know
0: like i'll I'll
1: say that's a whole different a whole different thing but i definitely want to touch on that um but in portland i started this thing called tv tv and it was all tech house and um i'd go and i'd dj at Holocene and um all the clubs 45 east everywhere around the downtown area and i'd go around i flew out to i got flown out to florida a couple times and before covid i was doing going to do a little tv tv tour which was going to be uh it was going to be all over which was the stupidest routing for touring but i was going to go to new york i've never been to new york would have loved that and then i was going to go to dallas and i was going to come back but stupid <laughs> <running>. <laughs> dumb routing i wasn't going to drive but at least you know i was flying around and i wanted to make you know I, i've always wanted to do that i've traveled i've traveled with my bands in high school mm-hmm. and in college but i've never done it by myself as a dj i feel like i would have made more money because there's not four people in a band or <laughs> not, not four people in my tv, That's TV. True, you're
0: not splitting it up yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah but um those i i've been very very into all types of nightlife and that's kind of my background as far as I'm very music-centric and I produce and write music under a bunch of different <laughs> a bunch of different things. And but my main focus right now is just being Dan. <laughs> you know, like that's mm. the that's that that was the hardest part of all of this. The cocaine and the drinking and the partying is I've always wanted to be a, a fucking rock star. <laughs> you know, part part of my language, but that yeah. was always always the the goal and people look at you sideways when you say that, because it's like, well, you just want to be famous. Yes, I do. But I think deep down inside you have to have this platform to be able to say certain things, you know, if if I have something positive to say, I want to be able to say it to an audience so it can help them make their decisions on, on voting or whatever is going on in the fucking world. You know, it's just something that's always been important to me. Like, you know, speaking your mind and having people listen and, that's you know there's important decisions that people have to make and it would be super surreal to be able to influence
0: i love that <laughs> you have a mission behind your life yeah right. yeah
1: and that's this is kind of like that's what i've always wanted to do and that's where radio came in and yeah i i did that and it just it was tough because as a radio personality you're always on right you know? You're you're either, you got to go into the station, you have to be on for five hours and you got to think too, like as a top 40 radio DJ, it's up and down because I only talk every two, three songs. There's an Adele song playing that's slow as fuck. And then there's a hip hop song and then you got to talk. So you have these lulls. And while I was talking to people on the phone and everything, it's like, it was really hard to keep up that persona of always being happy all the time. I uh, you know, gotcha. Yeah. When you when you crack the mic and you're sad, nobody wants to listen to that because everything on everything on the news is depressing right now. Why is this guy Why is this guy depressed? But what I didn't really realize is there's more people that probably were sad just like me. But mm-hmm. I was covering up and masking and putting on this mask with cocaine so i could always be up and always be ready now that it was a horrible horrible thing to do because the more and more cocaine you do you start with a little you can't get enough you know
0: yeah it's snowballs yeah 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 Yeah, over
1: over time i'm doing you know i'm doing lines in the bathroom and i'm i'm doing lines right in between my breaks and like making sure nobody's around and while i do regret doing that you know you can't control that you know there was something uncontrolling about that certain drug man and yeah
0: when, when did, when did you know that this was out of control for you? Um,
1: I was having a lot of fun. Okay. There was, there was, there was parties and everybody would come to my house afterwards. And I kind of knew when it got up to when I started having to owe people money. Cause you always have these, these friends, That are your dealers, but then you start racking up a tab with them. And before you know it, you're doing an eight ball day and that, that adds up, you know, so I'm waiting for my check to come. So I don't have these, my friends start bitching or start, you know, I don't know what they do Mm -hmm. outside of hanging out with me and doing drugs. I knew it was a problem when I started asking my mom for money Mm -hmm. and I was using that money. You know, I was telling her it was for a cell phone bill or, and I'm I'm grateful for my mom, but after a while they figured it out. You know, they, I, I thought I kept it pretty much under wraps, but I was making a good amount of money, but I was dropping it all on drugs. Right. I, was barely, yeah. I was barely eating and staying up for three days at a time. Right. And then I'd, I'd have to call off work or go into work and then leave because I don't have any more cocaine. So I have to sleep. I started to realize that that was a big problem. It's pretty much when the pandemic started. Cause I wasn't doing anything except for staying home and doing my show for my house. Right. And, and you know, nobody was watching me or checking on me or anything. So that's, that was the big problem was when I, when I asked my mom for money, that was, and they knew I, that's something my parents just flew in for my one year, which I thought was super, super dope. They surprised me. I had no idea. Like they wow. know, they've been there for, from the beginning and um, they flew in. I was just telling, talking to them about all this. And I'm just like, did you guys know all along? I guess my dad and my brother had a conversation even before I decided I had a problem. Like they, they were like, I think he's on drugs. And they were right. Oh, <laughs> so, shoot.
0: Yeah. Wow. So. God, that's fortunate that you've, you've got a good support system with your family. And yeah. they're looking out uh, the best for you in that.
1: Yeah. And that's the, the weird thing is, is like there was a Christmas that I got into a fight with my, my family. You know, I had went downtown with my friends and then I I got all fucked up and we did a bunch of blow and we're drinking. And when I came home, I slept all day. But when I woke up, my your brain starts to think, what do you need? (laughs) The cocaine absolutely yeah because your your, your limbic system's all fucked up and it was christmas day i was pretty irritated and i just me and my dad just started fucking fighting like arguing they kicked me out of the house and i i went to saw our sock village which is in illinois because i'm from chicago and i i hung out with my buddy martin in this house and it was the whole the worst house ever you know like there's stuff all over the place this you know everything's covered up like it was, I mean, it was a warm house. Like it did, it had heat and shit. Like it could have been worse, but I'm just like, man, I fucked up to the, now that I look back at it, I fucked up to the point that my family didn't even want me around. And I don't, I'm, I think that they don't know that I was on drugs, you know, I mean, yeah. clearly I can't breathe out of my nose. I keep telling them it's allergies. It was a problem. And oh, yeah. I, I really thought that I had it so under wraps that, you know, nobody knew.
0: Yeah. Wait, would, knew. Would, you, would you say that was your rock bottom?
1: No, I kept going after that. that was, there was a good, solid, strong year after that of doing drugs yeah. um, because I had to come back to Portland. And I didn't talk to my family for about a year, about, uh, about six months. And I I just I knew I had to patch things up with them because I was running out of money, (laughs) you know, like, and that was a shitty thing to do. But in my brain, I was like, well, I can't live. I can't eat. You know, I'm maybe maybe now it's time to start patching things up with them. Not, you know, I started fucking up at work. I was on on the radio and I was on a couple other stations. Oh, in in real time? In real time? No, well, because at that time, we weren't really allowed at the station because it was during the pandemic. I I would have to come into work, be presentable, you know, so every now and then. And I would be calling off and, you know, I couldn't do this show. I couldn't do that show. Like my ex-girlfriend was my boss. So that was like a whole thing. She saw me going down this path. She's like, you got to check yourself in. And I'm like, fuck you guys. I don't want to, I don't want to lose what I'm doing. Eventually I I had this moment of like, yo, I can't fucking do this anymore. Everybody was yelling at me and I was yelling back. It was, it came to a point of, I was so angry and hated myself that I just wanted to kill myself. (laughs) I was down to this point of every day I was calling my dad and yelling and um, I, my ex, my, my girlfriend, not the one I there's two girlfriends, whatever we weren't together. All it, I, I'm not a hoe. Okay. Was, <laughs> my ex-girlfriend I mean, that, was, that was from a long time ago. This, the girl that I was with at the time, uh-huh. she, she just didn't want anything to do with me because she saw me. Yeah. Peak. My, my lowest point was I was up for five days. Okay. Oh, oof, and that was the longest rough. I'd ever been up. And as soon as I woke up, from like a four hour nap, and it was Halloween right. of last year. The first thing I did was snore a lot of cocaine. I looked at myself and I was like, and you, cause you know, you do cocaine off a mirror. <laughs> and it's almost like that moment I looked into my own soul and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And I, dude, I was. 40 pounds overweight which is weird for a cocaine addict but if you don't eat and then you eat shit eventually your body is just like you know it's it's holding on to it yes looking for something to eat so it's just building up this fat my eyes every my skin like everything was just like as a public persona you don't want to look like that i had no idea I thought I was looking fine, you know, because mm-hmm. cocaine gives you laser focus and a rock star like confidence. And my brain was just not had enough of it. And I called my dad and I told him I, I need to go to rehab. It was actually his suggestion. He said me beforehand, he was like, you should you should do a stunt in rehab. <laughs> I had to like patch up some loose ends. Like as a personality, you know, you, you have a radio show and I was on like three stations. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So
1: the <laughs> shitty part was is like I had to go. Um, the even shittier part is I was only there for seven days or something like that. I got kicked out because I had COVID. So I would say my lowest point, what you were asking. Sorry, I ramble on.
0: No, 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 no.
1: My lowest point was that look in the mirror, and like everything was just kind of I was causing so much problems for myself. I was the tornado, the guy in the center of the tornado causing the tornado, and I was just fucking everything up. And I have a photo from that night that my buddy sent me after i was like a couple months clean and mm-hmm. he was doing drugs with me he probably still does them, but I, I look at that photo now and i'm like dude what the fuck was i doing I, I hated showering like it was just anything that was uh inconvenience to my life i fucking hated it you know yeah except for doing cocaine and like the good simple hygienic things i didn't care if i would mouthwash and cologne dude i was on like yeah it was just such a weird roller coaster, but I still continued to do it for another two weeks after that, because it was my birthday and I wanted to party. And I didn't right.
0: there, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's always a reason, there right? There's
1: always yeah. a reason. And I felt yeah. really shitty after that, but yeah. I don't remember that birthday. I, I tell people I had the best time of my life because there was, you know, strippers and cocaine and <laughs> DJs and it was just yeah. fun. But that was my rock bottom. On I mean, your rock bottom is always kind of like admitting that you have that problem. Yeah, you don't don't want to admit it. The first time I said it it wasn't even to my dad. You know, it was it was when I had to give all my shit over to the Crestview people and sign in like I was a fucking prisoner. And I just felt really, really weird going into a strange house (laughs) with nine other dudes that also had drug problems. Like,
0: so so did you go back to rehab after the first time?
1: I did not. Yeah. I only, well, I was only in there for seven days. It was, COVID was still kind of new at that point. Like not, not a lot of people had the the guidelines as far as like, what would they do? They, they were like, we don't know what to do. They kicked me out and like, people wouldn't even give me a ride home. I had no idea I had COVID until I took that test. I thought I was going through withdrawals. That's the thing is like, I, that Oh, was, so
0: you, you, you got COVID in yeah,
1: there. I got COVID in, <laughs> I don't know if I got it beforehand, but i was there for seven yeah. days so i don't know if i got it from somebody in there or outside but right I, right i had COVID; they had to send me home so oh dude yeah the, the cool thing about it is you know you have those you had those 14 days at first it was you know a two-week quarantine so mm-hmm. i couldn't leave my room i couldn't leave my room in my house anyway <laughs> you know so <laughs> i it was kind of like my owner he had right. what <laughs> I, lo-
0: I love the silver lining on that huggy <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it kind of fell into place on yeah. on what you needed. The universe answered um, yeah, yeah, in a was, weird, weird ass way. But so, yeah,
1: <laughs> I was going to spend 45 days in rehab. Rehab's good for some people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I don't. Did you go?
0: No, no. But okay. I, I know of I friends and I have family members. You yeah. Have.
1: It's a scary, scary thing to do that because you don't know what you're getting it was, it was supposed to be a really good rehab went in and there was not enough food for everybody. It was, it was a lot of court appointed people and, um, I'm a fighter dude. (laughs) So it, it did feel a little like jail, but it got me, it kind of scared me straight, you know, it scared me into, um, but there are some really good rehabs out there. I know that I was looking into going to Dallas, Texas for, um, the guitar player from corn. He does this music, uh, he, it's like a there's 15 studios and you could do music therapy. Oh yeah,
0: Man, there's like, all kinds out there now. That's that.
1: I wish I would have <laughs> like, hey, can you give me a couple more weeks of doing cocaine so I can find this one? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, rehab. Rehab just at the time wasn't for me. I I couldn't I couldn't have. It was kind of like an interesting like. Well, you got COVID, you're gone. I don't think I would have been comfortable for 45 days in that house. And but it is for some people. Some people yeah. need that. And um, I really. I really just, after that, I didn't want to go back to doing cocaine. Did I think about it? Yeah. Fuck yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. So what, what changed? What changed Um, for you?
1: What changed for me was I got fired. I went into rehab talking to my bosses and they said, if you go get clean, you'll still have a radio show when you get out. So after seven days of being in rehab, three days after that, I found a therapist. I was approaching them with a plan of what I was going to do. I had a zoom call and, and they let me go. They were like, We, we don't, we don't want this anymore. Even after they told my dad and me that if I did go get clean, I was going to have a a gig still. And this is the first time I've ever told anybody this too. So (laughs) strap in (laughs) like it it was, it was super shitty. I I was with them for seven years. And like I said, you know, I was with that girl who became my boss for four. We lived together and then I, I, we, we split up. I felt like my family was just kind of kicking me to the curb again. You know, so I was at that moment. I really thought to myself, you know, what the fuck? This sucks. I know exactly what they're thinking that I got out. And I'm going to go back to doing drugs. And I'm a stronger person than that dog. (laughs) Like, so out of spite, because you know, I still haven't heard from either one of them. And that's fine. There's some people in your life that really don't consider this a disease and that's yes. something like you got to like look at like yeah they think you do drugs you're a bad person you know not all bad people do drugs you know like and it doesn't make the person bad it's just they were doing these bad things that you may not consider the best you know like it's not my fault I became addicted at first probably yeah. but it's my brain liked it and it, people that don't think this shit's a disease man they can fuck off because it's hard dude it's-
0: yeah yeah it's just your makeup and yeah. some folks are prone to it than others and you know, yeah. there, there's that coined term of like normies right. who can do it recreational. And then yeah. I, I speak for myself, like I can I can't just do do it one time. Like yeah. my, my DOC is alcohol. Like I just, I can't just have one and nope. just you know, no matter if I promise and swear from the skies and heavens, it's yeah. just, you know, I'm fooling myself and. You know, I, let me ask you this. Do you do you think that environment and the people in your life have a lot of influence on what that looks big like for you?
1: Big time. Um, you know, like I was talking about, maybe I always think now that maybe those people in my life, my work, the people that I was working with at the radio station in Portland, I think there was a lot of negative energy oh. because as soon as me and you know her broke up I was kind of like the outcast and I kind of did turn to drugs to mask what I was feeling you know right. at that time I you know I, I was hurt because we broke up my fault whatever I just didn't want to be in the relationship anymore but we also all work in the building in the yeah, cor- corporate office tough. and we uh, we still had to work together you know right. and for for four years after that we still worked together but it wasn't pretty. You start to lose your, some creative say, and then, you know, all of a sudden you're just nobody anymore. <laughs> you know, it's in the office, you know, then you start to turn to things like cocaine to make you feel better and numb right. the pain that, that you're in. So it became more frequent probably because I was doing drugs and causing some problems. But after I was causing problems, I'd feel shit, shitty, and I'd do more cocaine. So it's just a cycle, <laughs> you know, it's just the yeah. it just keeps going and going. And it's, it's a, uh, I do think it has a lot to do with your, the environment because the environment that I got into, if oh. it's, it was always available no matter what. And yeah. that was, you know, that was my bad. And, yeah. but you know, I thought those, you know, over time they people say some things that you're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. so convincing sometimes. And I'm just as convincing. And it's like, well, we're having fun. Who cares? Let's go. It's, <laughs> it's not, I am always, I'm, I've am i always been a person for of the people, man. I, I'll, I just want to make everybody happy, you know. I want to have fun and make sure every, you know, I'm a host. I'm I'm that dude, and
0: yeah, right.
1: It's it's, it's you could tell just from our conversation. I just want to keep talking, yeah. <laughs> no, like
0: it's, it's and I'm not even I'm like, on cocaine, dude. No, like, ah. it's like, okay. Wait, do not go right there, right there. Um, yeah. yeah I, it, well, the reason why I asked that is because I mean that's a big conversation in in the creative silver community. Is that you have. Folks who are creatives who are also in the limelight or, right. you know, in the public eye or putting their, out, their art out there. And right. in our industries, you know, it's surrounded by this lifestyle of yeah. drugs and alcohol. And it's just it is part of it. And so what we're trying to figure out through these conversations is what is working for folks who right. are still creating but sober And so my question to you is, like, what is it that you're doing that is keeping you on this path as a creative, but also in sobriety? Like, is there uh, a program or support or modality or something that is working for you that has gotten you through the past year in 365 or plus days?
1: This it's an interesting thing because I've tried so many different things. Like right, tried rehab, right. didn't work. Right. Um after you know, after about three months, um, I was I was going to meetings. Okay. There is a good place in Portland called was young people's meetings, the fourth dimension. I don't know if you've ever been there. Um, super nice place. I was going there for a while to stay accountable. Now, me as a person, mm-hmm. I struggle with the higher power thing. You know, gotcha. ev- you, know yeah. ev- you know, it's ev- everybody's different. And I'm not saying one's the right way, one's the wrong way. But for me, it worked for, you know, not thinking about the higher power. And I'm I'm more so apt nowadays to thinking about energies and manifestations. And that could eventually be, you know, cultivated into a higher power. But sure. for I tried so many different things. One thing that has been pretty strategic for me as far as when I did get into rehab, I consistently work out. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it just help me stay focused and that that one particular thing to start my day really helps me shape the, how the rest of the day is going now that's one thing you know and then the meetings is another thing you could try I tried so many different things until I found my happy medium okay. and like it, it is tough to go to to go to shows and see your friends now you kind of have this this thing of like well i know what happens at shows okay homie over there is taking molly i'm just gonna make sure he's good <laughs> you know like, <laughs> but it's also hard for me too because i know how much fun he's probably yeah, having in his brain but on the outside seeing it like, yeah. I'm like that he's not having fun <laughs> like where's his eyeballs you know yeah. <laughs> like, that's not a, that's not a good look on you, bro. That, that is a hard.
0: Here's some sunglasses.
1: Yeah. Put these on right now. You got a wonky thing going on, dog. Like, it's, it's funny to see, you know, it's, it's, it, cause I looked like that. I know I did, but yeah. except I was, my eyeballs were probably popping out of my head instead of rolling. You know, it's like, it does suck to go do something that you've always done intoxicated not intoxicated, you know, that's that's why it was was hard to do a radio show. So after Portland, I ended up getting a gig in Seattle. I didn't last very long there, but I noticed for that three months, I'm doing a radio show, but I'm so focused on certain things. I felt my creativity was, there was no creativity in it, you know, because I had been doing a radio show fucked up for so long that, Doing it sober wasn't fun, but I was it was was probably the best shows I've ever done because like I had a clear head. It's clear. Um, Yeah, it was very clear. Now, my conversations with people were different. My content was different. I did enjoy it. I was just uncomfortable. I jumped into the radio world a little too quick. I did end up getting fired. I got fired again. I'm mm-hmm. um, not supposed to talk about it, but after 60 days, I can talk about it all I want. Thank you for saying. You know, I had to sign a separation <laughs> What up, dog? You know what? You know what I'm saying now? I'm gonna do whatever I want. So I did. You're I did, a free did, agent, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I got a, a. What I figured out just recently was something happened at work. You know, another person wasn't being very friendly to another person. it it happened a few times. And one of the people actually was the only other sober one in the office. I I don't like compromising things I'm comfortable with. Okay. There's Mm. a certain, certain things you can do that. And I'm, I'm an open person, but when you start doing certain things, I'm going to get uncomfortable and I can't compromise how I feel about it. So if it continues to happen, I'm just going to, fuck you up <laughs> like it's not like i i'm a, it's my workplace i feel a certain way now you're saying this shit to me don't come at me like that so mm-hmm. but that's also it's a thing of anchoring your triggers i didn't anchor my triggers i got fired <laughs> so wow. it's 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 totally fine it wasn't my building it was not my place um that was another place that i felt you know i was still trying to find how i can be creative in a place without doing drugs still so that was trial three you know
0: right right um, right what did you recently didn't you do a gig i think i saw something somewhere yeah and the that, dj
1: okay that's another thing i did do it i played it was a five-hour set Ooh. I, don't, I don't normally play five hours it's like an hour you know there you know I so right tired. yeah yeah um wasn't my thing i was i was sober this is all sounding really bad but it's gonna come back around i promise <laughs> I, was, I was sober and, you know, I just got this new laptop and they wanted me to spin off my laptop. I normally use flash drives mm-hmm. because they were like, you got to take requests. And there's so many rules. And I hate rules when it comes to art because art, you know, it's subjective, you know, to your, to other people. They they see it and value it and take it in as they please. And I give it however you should give it. You know, like it's it's an open form of freedom and you got to play. Two songs of different genres back to back, and you can only play music. Wow, that's I was just like,
0: that's a curriculum,
1: right? Well, I'm like, what the fuck? This has never happened before. Like, what? What are you talking about? So I felt uncomfortable right away. So then there's the people that are intoxicated hanging over your laptop, and over time, it was an uncomfortable thing for me because it wasn't a stage; it was just me providing music for the the venue now if mm-hmm. I do do it again I want to make sure that it's like an hour and a half you know a set Max. You know, I, can, yeah. I can I can do my shit and then get off and then go I felt uncomfortable doing one of the things that I love doing in that environment and it was really really hard um so that's a fail for me I can't do that right now there was a there was a few other things in the background that all in all, it's just, I don't think I can do that again, the way, it, the way it was. Right. right. So I did end up moving back to Boise, Idaho, because I think it's important in your sobriety. You take note of your surroundings. Like we were talking about. Yes. Um, yes. Portland. I can't go back to Portland. I'm 80. I'm 86 of myself from Portland. You know, I had to make some decisions after Seattle, Portland was one of them. Going back home was another, I got a couple other radio opportunities. I knew I didn't want to go home (laughs) because I don't want to, I'm a 32 year old man (laughs) and I don't want to live with mommy and daddy. (laughs) Not my thing. Um, uh, You know, Davenport, Iowa wanted me to do radio out there, small market, went and visited not my thing really not my vibe it's different um, yeah. it's, it's just not not Kalamazoo Michigan was another place at when I got suspended from Seattle before they decided they were going to fire me I came to Boise because I did have a full my first full-time radio gig was in Boise and
0: mm. I have
1: all my really good friends are here full circle um, I took for granted this place when i was younger because i was here when i was 22 23 24 right and i was drinking bro like <laughs> i was i was a party animal like they got two things out here in boise and those are the famous things boise state football players and radio personalities and i was just lucky enough to be one of those radio personalities i know everybody um but there's some really good core people still here that when i came here i felt like i was home
0: oh and that's so, so important I made the
1: decision to come back here um, to slow down because it's, it's important to find your stride, but you can't do that in a place that's always going. Seattle was fast. Portland's the, the fastest. The trends change and things change and people change out there so quick Boise. I came out here. I now get to sit in a room, figure out my Zen and make music for commercials. And it's just the coolest fucking thing. Like I get to slow down my, my organism and sit here and make music for certain things, you know, Nissan commercials and this and this, and then, you know, it's it, my creative is coming out with something that I've always loved to do. And this, is what I went to school for, and it's what I've been doing since I had a karaoke machine with two decks and I could play my guitar oh, wow. my vocals. Yes, I've always, I, I, I recording and I'm a big audio nerd. And I get to do that now while I kind of, while I've found myself again, I'm realigning myself again. Mm -hmm. And as I realign myself, I need this. I did a lot of music, but it was all because of the cocaine, because I could stay up all night in between radio shows. Like now I actually get to focus on it and figure out and align myself while I'm doing it. And I'm, I'm glad I get this opportunity to do it because that's my, that's where my creative comes in.
0: Yeah. That's a good place to be. And it's, it's about after you, you know, decide to become sober, all this healing process happens, right? The body heals, you work on the mind, you work on the spirit, you know, if you're in that place and it's like realigning with your core values. And I I love like how you hit on like coming home. And so you were able to, find those people who remind you of that, you know? And so now you're creating from a place where you have integrity, you know, and that you can feel proud about what you're doing and it's intentional. Yeah. You know, it's all you.
1: The big thing too is like, you you shouldn't isolate yourself. And that's why there's meetings. And now when I went from Portland to Seattle for that gig, I was alone. I didn't know anybody out there. You know, I was going, I had a routine, Sometimes routines will really, really mess up things for you. Cause you don't make, I didn't, wasn't making time for myself because I, I would wake up at four 30 in the morning. I would eat. Cause I, I like to start my metabolism early. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll take a little nap. I'll go, I'll be at the gym by nine. I'll oh. go to the station, do my show and everything I need to do, come back and go to sleep. So I didn't really know anybody out in Seattle, but cause I was alone. And one thing, my brain, that doesn't do well is being alone because <laughs> there's like 14 15 different people up here and they start talking it's not a fucking party dude <laughs> it's, not, it's it's not a party dude there's there's somebody that only brought buns nobody brought meat <laughs> like there's still that attic back there and like the, attic, the attic's like yo how come nobody brought any meat dude <laughs> I'm like It's the craziest shit. Like I hate, I cannot be alone.
0: I want to see that TikTok.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. It's just, it's, I, I think that's why it really didn't work out. You know, I moved out there. The, my, my girl in Portland at the time broke up with me and I kind of went in a spiral and there was a lot of things that happened on in that short amount of time that you kind of think like either you're addict or the universe is trying to get you to use drugs again. That's the important thing I want to stress Mm. is like, like no matter what, like I crashed my car moving there. I got fired from Portland, kicked out of rehab. Um, I had to file for chapter seven bankruptcy recently. All this, my girlfriend that I truly, truly loved kicked me to the curb because she didn't have the capacity for me um, getting fired from the Seattle station. All this stuff happens but just know that if I would have gotten fucked up, it would have made it worse. Yeah, That's the thing. So like realizing that, like I wanted to so bad, especially after my girl broke up with me, all I thought about was killing myself. And all I wanted to do was numb how I was feeling, numb the pain, but I knew that if I did, I would have to start over with zero days, and people would get really fucking annoyed about my my Facebook profile posts (laughs) all over again for three hundred sixty five days. Nobody wants that, you know. Like they they already got the first year of content. Now, like, what's going to happen the second year? I don't want to start over. Like, I saved it for y'all.
0: I mean, you know, I've, I've heard yeah. stories and I've been there where it's yeah. like it, it's okay to have a little bit of ego when yeah. it comes to <laughs> when it comes to that when it comes to. The day. I
1: was just saving you guys from <laughs> reading sappy posts for another year. <laughs> <laughs> that would have sucked. I would have just been copying and pasting from the last year. But it's cool too, because like I love doing those because it holds one, that holds you accountable. you know it now does, yeah. you, you, now, well, I've already made this my brand. So people are asking me how they can get, get help. Um, I don't want to fuck up now because now people are, that's a big part of AA is, you know, helping others. That's something I did learn. It's like,
0: are you you seeing that folks reaching out to you? And uh,
1: it's, there was more people than when, when I first started. Okay. Mm you know, now there's a lot and I appreciate that. And like now, but now I know what to say a little bit more, you know, cause I've now I've, you know, had enough therapy with the good therapist that
0: yeah.
1: I kind of know how to work through things a little better. And me being so open and honest and vulnerable about it, they're seeing me in a different light rather than being the crazy fucking dude, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. even though I am, I'm never going to be the closed off conservative recovering addict. You know, like, I think you have to, like, there was a post that I made. You have to recover loudly because it helps people in the back dog. Like it's it's not, even if they're not going to be loud about it, at least show the courage to be loud about it because I fucking hate the people that think that this isn't a disease. Yeah. After 14 days, they say it's out of your system. Like, fuck that. Like dude, that shit is uh is it her breaks my heart because if you're in 65 days, I'm still talking about cocaine like this shit ain't going away yeah somebody said it in the air it's like it's like an allergy you know a development of an allergy like (laughs) it just grows and then all of a sudden you can't breathe out your nose (laughs) your veins are all sticking out you got fucking yo you got psoriasis to the liver like it's an allergy dog like it's it. people just need to realize that and like accept that this is a thing that isn't going to go away. Well,
0: I mean, that's, that's it though. It's like, there's, there's a lot of stigma around it where it's not being, it's not an honest conversation. And so it's dismissed, right? right? Because it's a problem. Right. Um, And folks still, you know, necessarily want to look at it. So it's like, this is where we can, like, there can be light shined on it where there's conversations, there's people in in the limelight or people who have a platform that can talk about it and say hey this is this is what it is yeah, and this is what it is for me because yeah. like you touched on it that it, it everyone's journey looks different mm-hmm. and the relationship is is individual based right i
1: would not be this coherent and having this conversation with you if i was still on drugs <laughs> like this would be a fucking mess <laughs> even though yeah, i'm all over the place now i know that Hey, I'm always a spaz no matter what. It's not
0: <laughs> it's it's your natural ability and gift. It's just, it's just, yes.
1: You know, being a spaz is, is a crazy gift. <laughs> it's, it's just the it's just the most enlightening gift. I'm gonna become a preacher, dude. I don't even I don't even know what I'm gonna preach, but I think that's what preachers do. They just say a bunch of nonsense.
0: But, yes, and they and speak from just, their heart.
1: They're like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, that's what I could do. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs>
0: Well, we'll circle back and um, we'll we'll check in and see how yeah. that that higher power is doing.
1: I'm, I'm going. I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm really big into. I, I've always felt energies. You know, there's certain energies that draw me to certain things, and I manifest certain things. We all manifest things. I'm big. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm big on these energies, dude. I can feel it. You know, I I went to this witch convention. I'm calling it a witch convention because there was sage and you know tarot readings and fortune tellers it was a great time i went there specifically because i like this girl and for some reason there was a table with crystals and mm-hmm. i've never you think i'd get into the shit in portland <laughs> because this is all i, <laughs> I was, in portland. <laughs> I was portland. against it you know it's portland dude everybody's got crystals on their foreheads and like yes hey, you know yes. what's your sign but yeah. i got into it out here there was this 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 crystal this amethyst crystal Amethyst is crystal yeah so i it would I could not stop looking at this fucking thing. And I had the conversation with these two people that were selling them. They ended up giving it to me because I, I, for some reason, I felt this energy and every, every morning I come and I just touch it for a little bit. And, you know, I do my um, it's, you should check out this book if you have it the artist way <laughs> this is oh yeah i got okay. it oh well, yeah this, i do this one right here yes. that if you're asking about what i do to stay focused and uh do the artist way morning pages taking yourself on artist dates and get yourself a fucking crystal because <laughs> there's something about both I love of these it. things combined that really just have have changed my perspective on life and everything right now that it's just
0: Oh dude energies
1: maybe this is my higher power. Well is you know,
0: that amethyst, so that's that's the sobriety rock.
1: Yeah. yeah. I have no idea.
0: No You're idea. drawn to it. You're drawn to it. So Aww. this is
1: a this is my baby. I I had no idea about charging crystals and I didn't do it the other night because I was like something's telling me not to charge my crystal because it was the shadow moon, dude.
0: Yes, lunar. Don't do, yeah. <laughs> <Nuh-uh>. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Incredible, incredible. Huggy, it's been an uh, an awesome ride with you. Thank you so much. I had a blast. I'm
1: I'm sorry I'm such a spaz.
0: (laughs) You're not a spaz. Not a spaz at all. Um, I do have one more question.
1: I got Uh, many answers.
0: So if you could go back and give your 18-year-old self Mm -hmm. some advice, what would Mm. that be?
1: Ooh. (laughs)
0: 18 year old huggy. Yeah.
1: Dang, dude. (sighs) Don't move to LA because you'll end up living in your car. I already know that. That's not a good one, but it was, you know, it's worth the ride. Try it for at least once. Be a little bit more caring to yourself. I think that at a young age, you know, now I'm learning at 32. I'm just finally realizing that there's nothing bad or wrong about you and mm. i wish i would have had that you know my parents told me that and everything but baby dear baby huggy there's nothing bad or wrong about you that's it because <laughs> dude baby huggy hated himself i don't know he, but he never showed it he was like uh, yeah that's so, a baby huggy was you know fucking i'm gonna just kick him in the nuts <laughs> baby huggy i'm gonna kick you in the nuts that's what <laughs> Uh, baby Huggy. Get more tattoos. <laughs> Spend your money on tattoos, not cocaine. What baby huggy, that? call your mom more. What else can I tell baby
0: huggy? Sage <laughs> <laughs> advice uh, right there. Baby
1: huggy, don't date your boss.
0: <laughs> oh. oh. <sighs>
1: <sighs> <laughs> yo, there's lots of things I could tell baby huggy because there's yo. <laughs>
0: baby huggy <laughs> baby huggy.
1: <laughs> that's the clip,
0: yes. <laughs> the clip.
1: <laughs> well thank you so much for having me Absolutely. I, I i've been looking forward to this for a while and i'm glad we waited until a couple days after my one year so this is oh,
0: no, perfect timing divine yeah. timing and yeah. uh, i love the crystal and the artist way and the Thanks. story
1: and definitely the, definitely if you're funny. if you're listening to this get the artist way if you're if yeah. you're not if you're not comfortable with um it, that's my second year thing I needed a goal and something yeah. to focus on to align myself and I don't really do the AA thing and you can if you want but that's going to be my new AA book is really helping align myself um I think it's a great book I'm only you know 14 pages in but
0: gang <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> dang. <laughs> new year new year yeah, new year new dude year. it's I, and I
1: read slow I wish it was yes. on audiobook because I can't read <laughs> baby huggy, 18-year-old baby huggy, learn to read.
0: <laughs> Some pleasure.
1: 18-year-old baby huggy, please, please get a 401k because now Four. you have no money saved.
0: <laughs>
1: baby huggy, you realize that you just spent all of your 401k money on that danky danky <laughs> cocaine.
0: <laughs> I feel you there. I feel you there.
1: <laughs> this has been fun, love. I appreciate you yeah, for everything.
0: So. Absolutely, absolutely um, um is, is there could you tell our listeners where they can follow you or find yeah,
1: yeah. you um uh instagram at it's me huggy on all social platforms it's at it's me huggy if you're looking for that Perfect. tiktok content it's dang huggy because uh, i couldn't get it's me huggy but yeah h-u-g-g-i-e by the way um yeah instagram is mainly where i hang out but dan huggy amson is my name if you want to stop me on the facebook <laughs> but other than that it's me huggy
0: yep. So awesome. thank you <laughs> Had a blast with Huggy and I could definitely listen to more of his stories as I identify with some of his experience in the scene, DJ life and finding the road to recovery if you like what you heard in this episode please rate and review your feedback makes a difference and helps us connect with others who can find strength in our stories please be sure to subscribe or follow where you are listening to this podcast You can follow us on social media on Instagram at The Creative Sober. Thank you for listening to The Creative Sober Podcast. I'm your host, Missing May. Until next time, stay healthy, stay creative.